You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, good friends. Uh, wow. Um, I'm Kyle Radke. I'm here with Julian Andrews. Julian, um, so it turns out I missed a lot of stuff over the last week. Yeah, you picked pretty much the worst week to be gone. Um, after an extremely quiet Timberwolves offseason, which nothing of note has happened, and we've struggled to find content. Uh, Really, a, a podcaster's dream mm-hmm. the last couple of weeks, even though it's been not so good for the team. Uh, so sorry that you had to miss that. But yeah, I was I was told that I could do the podcast from their room, but it was like in one of those things. We were in Cabo for like for those that listen to the last podcast. Uh, we were in Cabo. Um, it was like a honeymoon, but also my wife won. Like she's one of like the top performers at her company, our company. We work together, I guess, but. Um, and it was, but it was like one of those things where somebody tells you you can do something, but you know, like you probably shouldn't do it where it's like, Hey, like you can for sure stay out with your friends until 1am. But then you're like, wait, it seems like you don't want me to do that. So, um, I think she would have been fine with me recording, but, um, I decided just on the first day of getting there. Hey, and like you I, know what? You made the right choice. I think I'll I did. See. Yeah. It was a good podcast. Yeah. Uh, good, good guests. Like just Shout out Joe and Sam. Seriously, Joe and Sam, like different angles than what we're used to, which I think is always fun and interesting. Yeah. Pinch um, hitting. Shout out to them because I texted them. Can you be on the pod in 10 minutes? That's important. And then Sam was a half an hour late, but yeah, we figured it Classic. <laughs> Classic Sam. Um, he can make good fantasy basketball trades, but not, he can't get to a podcast on time. Um, I was telling you before the pod, it was like interesting because, so I didn't have my uh, airplane mode on on my phone, which I don't know if like I'd get arrested for that mm-hmm. or what happens, but uh, it was probably like five minutes before we landed. So we were just, you know, about to land and I started to get service back on my phone. And I was getting so many, like, not, I'm not trying to act like I'm super popular, but I was getting so many text messages and so many alerts. And I was just like, what the hell is happening right now? And <laughs> and this is before any of the info had come out. So this was just yeah. the person has been fired news. And it yeah. was like, 
some of them and, and, and not like none of them actually said what happened. It was like, wow. And like, Hey, you guys were right about Gerson and um, whatever. And I was like, what? Like, what? Yeah. Okay. What? I don't understand. And then I saw Woj's or maybe it was uh, Shams, his tweet popped up and it was like, Oh, Gerson Rosas has been fired. And I was like, what? And then I think the first thing that popped into my head, which was probably the same as everybody else's is like, yeah. Okay. But, you can say all these things about him being like not fun to work with, but it feels like there's has to be something else. Cause the timing feels really, really odd. Yeah. Um, so, all right, I guess maybe to start off, like should we catch up on last week? Um, yeah, let's like do it. Th- things we've learned from the last podcast we did on Thursday and then now. Mm-hmm. So, um, Gerson Rosas is out and, if you read John Krasinski over the athletic, he did some great reporting on it and basically said, yeah, the guy sucks to work with. Uh, and that was the main reason behind why he got fired. Uh, you know, and, and the thing is all these people are pissed off. All these fans are like, well, all you, I, I tweeted out saying that it wasn't a surprise that, that he got fired. And that's before I knew any of the other stuff. Um, the timing was weird. But people were mad and they were saying, well, if all these reporters knew about Gerson not being fun to work with, why didn't anybody report that? Here's what I'll say to that. Listen to our podcast. We talked about it all the time. <laughs> like we, yeah, we, like we hinted to it like and on like more than a few occasions, I think of like I think more than hinted. I mean, and I, I did talk about this and I do fall into a little bit of the trap of what you're talking about, about like asking why this wasn't reported. I think that there's a distinction, which is that the idea that Gerson was not fun to work with very much out there, very much like around, like people knew this. Um, However, nobody saw the firing coming last week. Yeah. You know, nobody, nobody was like, they're going to fire him a week before training camp, creating the most awkward media day. There were a few accounts that were like, there were some like really like non reporter accounts who like had the story. Yeah. Well, I mean, Reddit was crazy. I think they yeah, even deleted like a were, few. Yeah, there were people yeah. on Reddit who like had <laughs> this weeks ago. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there there were a few like John Krasinski did a really good job of oh yeah, like kind of towing the line as he always is. There's a few other like just kind of like those like the middle of the road Timberwolves. I don't want to call them like reporters because I don't, but basically just saying like oh, yes, like um, amidst all the signs pointing to this, and it was like hmm. Okay, like sure, whatever. Um, we won't get into that. John did but a great job, I have to he, say. Like he's he's been the wolves are very lucky to have a reporter who's as in tune as John is these yep. days. It was pretty clear, and I, I think like John does a great job, Britt does a good job, uh Chris over at the Star Tribune does a good yeah. job. Um Dane, you know, obviously doesn't write, but you know, he has his podcast. I think all those guys do a very nice job, but the biggest takeaway from, I think over the, the last week is like, it's clearly John Krasinski's arena it's his beat, and yeah. we're all kind of just watching, wa- watching him do his thing. Um, so, uh, okay. So let, to the stuff that we didn't know about last week at the time, um, you, we, we talk about why the timing, why was that happening when it happened? Um, well, it was because Gerson Rosas, who is married and has two kids, and has preached family since the time he got into Minnesota and he brought his family on the podium with him during his introductory pod or uh, uh, press conference. Well, he was having an affair 
with someone that he worked closely with uh, that works for the Timberwolves. And um, you can dig and find out who that person was, I suppose, if you want. It's We're probably not in a position to tell you who that person is. Um, but I will tell you that while I think that there's probably like this chatter of like, of uh, the joke of like, hey, Gerson, man, like get it together. Like in like a joking tone. What I will say is like two families are probably ruined here. Um, and that's not funny. And that sucks. And you feel bad about that. But these are two adults that made a decision and they were caught. And I don't understand why they th thought that they wouldn't be caught. Um, so, uh, I mean, we, like, there's like a whole, like whole week go down on this. And like people I've, I've heard from people in the organization saying that, like, it was something that people knew about for months and nobody, yeah, for sure. And nobody really talked about. So, um, when well, it made, it made people uncomfortable, like, yeah. Especially then, when you know, somebody's married. Like I think there's going to be more that comes out about this. Yeah. I, I think you're right. I'll say. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they're, they're like, yeah, I, 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 there was just, I mean, you, you feel bad for, for the families impacted for sure. on, on yeah. this, but so when, when you're talking about the timing and why, well, I think it was because the Timberwolves front office, whether they knew about this for months or whether they just found out like on the business side, um, I don't know the answer to that, uh, you know, and we're going to get more into that in a little bit of like, who's to answer later on when, when we talk about media day and some of the quotes that we heard from that. But um, yeah, so that, that, that was the timing and like, it's such a Timberwolves thing. You can't make it up and you can blame Glenn Taylor for the hiring of Rosas certainly because you didn't see this red flag coming. But um, what, what I will say is like, it's impossible to figure out if somebody's going to like yeah. cheat on their wife. Like, the, yeah, I, th yeah, no, this is like, I mean, Rosas, I think like, this is a tough thing, right? Because if Rosas was awesome at his job, they probably would have pushed this under the rug. I agree. Like, you know, it's like, this is the type of thing where it's like, and it sucks that it's like that, but it's like, if Rosas is really helping the team win, this gets ignored. People do stuff like this all the time in professional sports. It, it probably becomes a question of like the real issue then would have been, they're probably asking the person, the, the woman that he's having an affair with, step down right yeah right like hey you need to find a new job or uh whatever like we'll give you a year-long severance and like don't talk about this but uh no i right. agree unfortunately that's probably true um what i will say is i don't know if this is a red red flag at all but like as far as the personality goes like kirsten wasn't he the gm of the mavericks for like two weeks once like there's a story that that, yeah. that is a true that is a true story. Mm -hmm. Um mm -hmm. I mean just I and like basically he um he made the the personal decision to leave the Mavericks over only three months on the job. Yeah. Um which again that was back in 2013 so maybe he wasn't ready for it. That was eight years ago but um so I don't I don't know. I just like, I mean hindsight is 2020 right like you look at the Gerson hiring and you're like oh like but the honest, like, truth is, is that there really weren't that many red flags. And also, like, I want to make a distinction here. Like, we are still talking about two consenting adults. You know, like, yeah, yep. it's it's not like, it's not like Gerson is some kind of predator and, like, that this should be, I like, it shouldn't be talked about in the same way as, like, 
stuff that would come up on like a background check, you know? And like Gerson did, was not a very good GM. I think we can debate that. I think there were a lot of people who thought they kind of had this long-term process. I, I don't think either one of us thought he did that good of a job of running the team. He obviously had this, this affair, which was not a good look and made people uncomfortable, but it's all kind of pointing back at this main thing, which is that he was not a good leader. Yeah. And he was not, and that's part of this affair thing. Like if you're a good leader, you don't let that happen. Um, and then if you think about the other stories that are now also coming out about his leadership style and how he related to the rest of the employees, you can't have somebody like that at the top of your organization. So I think it's all related, you know, it's not, it's not, we talk about it kind of like it's these separate things, but I could see how this kind of stuff just bubbles and bubbles and bubbles and comes to a head. And then when it comes to a head, you're going to start losing other employees. And yeah. when it starts to happen that you're losing this front office person, you're losing this front office person, you're losing this well, front office person. Like, we've ta- but, but we've talked about this all summer. It's they happening. Was, they, they, it, like, yeah, it, it's happened. Like they've, they've lost right. people exactly on, on both sides that, that have left because of what's happening with, with the culture. And honestly, like you texted me, I think maybe it was yesterday or whenever it was like, and I totally agree with you. I feel way more optimistic about this team than I did four days ago. Oh yeah. Or five days sure. ago where, and you can, you can be like, yep. Classic Glenn making a shit higher. And I think we can all agree. Glenn Taylor was a really bad owner and he still will be for the next year. Right. <laughs> yeah. But he still got some time, but yeah, but I mean, I will say give him credit for making a move now on mm. this instead of, cause yeah, timing's not great. You don't want to do it. I mean, Fuck media day was yesterday. Right. They, they fired their president of basketball operations, uh, uh, operations four days before media day. Like, you easily could have pushed this under a rug for two weeks unless John had it already. That's, and that's this was a good, going to break I, no matter what. I hadn't thought about that. Good point. Um, well, okay. Let's go into the new leader, um, Sasha Gupta. So when, when, when Gupta came over, basically he was this, uh, just genius and he, he he wasn't he still is uh he came over from the kings um and i think he did some work with the pistons uh super super well regarded if you read any article at the time when gupta came over it was like oh my gosh the timberwolves are building this powerhouse of talent and i i don't think he's disappointed at all and as far as personality goes i can tell you that i've had multiple like lunches with him back when, when he first started, uh, when, when we were at training camp, um, he's awesome. And I think it's going to be really, really good. Now, his, I think his title is executive vice president of basketball operations, which he, maybe that title tells you that they're, they're going to bring in somebody over him. What I will say is Sam Presti they, has the same title. They didn't title. put the interim tag on either. Exactly. So I, 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 look, I feel good about this and I think the mo- maybe the more more likely scenario is that Gupta finishes the season with a title, and he either keeps the job as the main leader or they hire somebody over him. But I I think that like he should still be like the GM, and then you have some somebody else maybe oversee him just because he he is younger and it's his first time doing it. Um, or you pair him with somebody. I'm not sure, but. The, the juicy part here is, and, and we're just dropping John's name over and over again here, um, but he, Gerson and Gupta got into it because basically before the draft, 
uh, Sashin goes, Hey, I got this offer from the Houston Rockets where of course Gerson came from. And he said, uh, it's the same job title, but I'm getting paid more money. And Gerson understandably actually says, I can't let you do that. It's right before the draft. You know, all these things that we want to do, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but apparently both sides didn't really see eye to eye on whatever was talked about. And it got to the point where like mid August Gerson kicked him out of the building uh, and like took away his access. And it got to the point where their relationship got so bad that it got up to ownership or leadership or, or whatever. And they basically overruled Gerson and said like, yeah, you have to let your, like one of your top basketball executives in the building where we pay him. And Gerson then told him basically to go find a job if he wants one elsewhere. And of course, by then it's too late. No jobs are available. So, uh, Guta gets back, like back, and then this happens, right? Because that was less, like that was like a month ago that that all of this went down, and now he is the leader of uh, Timberwolves basketball organization, while Gerson is not. So, uh, you literally can't make this up. How do you not just pay him more? That seems logical, right? Unless unless he just really didn't want to work for Gerson, which I guess, I guess is also a possibility given what we know. Well, anyways, I'm really glad that he's still around because everything we've read like seems like he's exactly the type of leader that you want leading a culture change. It seems like he's does not. I read an article on Cleaning the Glass, which is, um, I'm going to get his name wrong, Ben Folk, maybe? Ben Falk? Um, let me just make sure I get that right. Yeah, Ben Falk. Um, and he used to be in the NBA. Um, and he used to work for Gupta. And um, it's all about how he's Gupta's all about finding the best idea and how he's not, it's not about who the idea came from or like, you know, whether or not Gupta's right. It's about whether or not it's actually the best idea. Um, just the way that he kind of takes his ego out of the equation and is willing to admit when he's wrong. Falk also says he's not wrong usually, which which yeah, is nice, which but, is convenient. But he'll, you know, he asks questions. He's like interested in hearing other people's opinions, and he wants that because he knows that that's the best way to create like success. And that seems like a very basic thing, but that has not existed at the Timberwolves. That's not the culture there, um, and it certainly wasn't. Sounds like it was not the culture under Gerson. So I I think that like. It seems like Gupta is the perfect person for this, at least in the short term. Um, yeah, I, I could see, like, I don't know exactly how it would work to hire somebody over him, like if that would be a slight or – but it, you could do it. Like, you see what the Spurs have, you know, and, with – Yeah, the way I think of it is, like, obviously you're not going to pick somebody to be your boss, but if it was, a, like, a collaboration thing mm -hmm. where you're talking to him about that and – I don't, I like He's maybe, like, I want to focus on this. I want to yeah, hire somebody, where you're somebody bringing, else to focus and, on this. Like, and maybe not even someone that's uh, like over overseeing you. Right. Like um, I'll do the GM stuff, the cap stuff. We'll hire this person to like talk to player agents and like, yeah. do that. you know, so I could see that. Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, it, credit to like Laura and Rodriguez. It seems like they're pretty open to different ways of running an organization. So I hope that they kind of find a creative way to keep Gupta on an upward trajectory in the organization and also get the support that if he needs it to make yeah. him be able to be successful. I agree. And I'm glad you said that. I I didn't read that article, but it, it seems to me that, and I don't want to kick a man while he's down here with, with Gerson. Um, 
admittedly, we've kicked him quite a bit on this podcast over the last few months anyways, but um, he, the, like Gupta's whole, uh, just, I, I think the way he enters a situation is very much of, he probably knows he's one of the smartest people or he has the best ideas, but he's willing to hash it out and uh, listen to others and, you know, better position his opinion based on all of those things. Mm -hmm. Um, Where I think Gerson was the opposite, where I think Gerson went into every situation knowing he was the smartest person, but also it was very important for him to, for you to know that he was the smartest person, which as we know with these people, that ends up actually doing the opposite. <laughs> when, right. when, when when people desperately want you to know that they're the smartest, I generally feel the opposite about them. I totally. feel like they're, they're not the smartest. So, um, all right. Well, I, I think that covers basically what we missed over the last f- five days since the last podcast and, and what we've heard. And certainly um, we're back on to two days a week now. So we'll, we'll, we'll cover that, um, you know, probably more in the future. Uh, before we get into training camp storylines, um, Julian, Week three of the NFL season is in the books. Now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week four. It's DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 in any football game. Uh, it's it's pretty great. It's a pretty good deal overall. Um, and obviously, if you can't make bets on the sportsbook, uh, there's plenty of lineups to be had. I tried to put my lineup in on over the weekend, Julian, and I couldn't because I was in Cabo. So just FYI for people, if you're on vacation, um, do tough, it ahead of time or, life. or get a friend. I don't know if that's legal, but if it is legal, get a friend to do it for you. Uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN to receive $150 in free bets. When you place a $1 bet on any football game, that's promo code TBPN this week. At DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Uh, we also want to thank our good friends over at sport, uh, Three Star Sports Cards. Uh, we'll get we'll get a segment on them later this week. We'll, we'll, we'll hit up our card corner. Um, what I will say, people looking for other outlets to sell cards, Facebook Marketplace, um, pretty easy. Mm-hmm. You just set up your shipping on there, and uh, people just like basically just buy it, and Facebook tells <laughs> you when you need to ship it. All right. So, yeah, think about that. Uh, but, yeah, uh, we want to thank them, 3starsportscards.com, uh, Bloomington, Little Canada, if you're in Minnesota. Um, good stuff all around. <sighs> all right. I'm going to take a drink of this. Uh, Highball energy drink, vanilla flavor, which could also be the sponsor of this podcast. Julian, I just read that uh, sparkling water is bad for your teeth. Everything's bad for you, man. Even things I think are good for me end up being bad. Sparkling water is still better for you. So this is this article drove me crazy because it's like sparkling water is still better for your. So you read this? You read this too? I read a lot of tweets about it. Yeah, (laughs) Um, it's still better for your teeth than freaking soda. Yeah. You know, like it depends like on what you're soda. comparing. It, yeah, it depends, like just depends on what you're comparing it to. It's like if you compare it to water, of course it's worse for you. Yeah. It's true. Water's the water's... best thing for you. There's no yeah. doubt. Unless it's like quick trip water. I don't think that's good. I think that's yeah. I think that comes out of the toilet. Yeah, um, if you're drinking out of the toilet, then the, the but it's probably not on the water then. But we don't have to go into that. That's yeah, it's yeah. 
Yeah, when but like, you, yeah, if you, of when course, did you flush last. Yeah. But you still like having a seltzer is better for you than having a Coke. Yeah. Just coating, I, you're just washing, hosing down your teeth with sugar. Oh my God. Like drinking a Coke makes me I feel good for it, about 20 minutes. But then, like, my teeth are just like all. Like, you know when you can, like, rub your teeth together and they make Dude, a noise? I hate that. I can't do it. I haven't drank soda in, like, years. I, like, I just can't. Like, I, I take, like, two sips and that's enjoyable. Or, like, I'll drink soda as a mixer, I guess. <laughs> Put I was going to say, only if I'm mixing it. Only <laughs> if I'm mixing it. Yeah, Jack and Coke all day. But Yeah, only if I'm mixing a drink. Um, all right, let's get to media day. So media day was on Monday. Obviously not ideal for timing, Julian. No, um, not, not really. But... Uh, so basically Glenn Taylor said right away that there would not be any, um, any talks about Gerson Rosas and the firing um, or uh, Ben Simmons. Uh, so that was that in, and Glenn bless his soul. He did this thing where he's like, so first, and then he made a point and then he skipped second and he just said, and thirdly, so Oh, that's man. where that's where Glenn's, so old. That's where Glenn Taylor's at right now. The he thing also is, said I, that he takes credit for the good stuff and the bad stuff. Like, the thing what, is, Glenn Taylor's not stuff. that old. Is he not? I guess he's eighty. But there's like people that are eighty that are still like coherent. I'm not getting into the paper business after seeing what that did to Glenn. I'm trying to look up famous people who are eighty years old, <laughs> like Nancy Pelosi. Bernie Sanders is eighty. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Um, Neil Diamond is 80. Martha, Martha Stewart is 80 years old. She's in commercials with Snoop Dogg. Why Glenn is Taylor, Taylor doesn't know? Why is it Glenn Taylor in commercials with Snoop Dogg? That's Glenn the Taylor, question well, that we're Glenn Taylor doesn't know who Snoop Dogg is. Yeah, he's um, also racist, but we don't. Yeah, yeah. Dick Cheney <laughs> is 80. Um, who else is 80? Robert Kraft is 80. I don't like you talk about two owners who are like the exact opposite of like, yeah. Just, like coherency yeah like how they can talk um oh, anyways man. okay let's get let's get back to this he said uh, something about the stock market being crap at media day it's like cool glenn th thanks glenn <laughs> i'm really worried about your billions of dollars that you don't give right. your employees ever uh all right so uh three things that stuck up to us julian you sent me this right before um i'm gonna i'm gonna title this this segment a new day is a, a, <clears throat> i'll try again <laughs> A new day for Wolves leadership. A new day's Wolves leaders. A new Wolves? I don't know, brown cow. Um, mm. This is a quote from uh, Mark Laurie from The Athletic from uh, John Krasinski article. Also, this podcast is brought to you by John Krasinski. Um, Thanks, John. The, Come on the, again soon. The, the quote is, organizations, they're too quick to hire and too slow to fire, that sort of thing. I think in order to build a world-class organization, you need to get the foundation right. You need to have mission, values, vision, strategy, org structure, structure sort of in that order before you make any big changes. Once you have that foundation right it's and it's communicated, everyone is going to know it. Uh, so can I start this one? Yeah, please. So this is getting kind of uh, nerdy slash inside baseball communication stuff. But I wrote a 20-page paper on the, the Timberwolves. For grad school last semester yeah. and like about their all of this stuff like mission vision values organizational structure all of that stuff it's a mess man like compared to any other like 
organization of that size that's somewhat successful. This stuff is not articulated. It's not enforced. The employees don't understand the values of the organization. They certainly don't live them out because they can't in some ways um, because they're not made clear. There are zero expectations. Like this is basic organizational stuff that the wolves just like don't have in place. Um, and probably a lot of that has to do with how much leadership has shifted. Yeah. But I think, you know, it's like very kind of corporate-y, but I think it's good that Laura is addressing some of this. Um, because like these types of things can help organizations succeed if they're done correctly. Um, and then added to that, like the idea that organizations are too quick to hire and too slow to fire, like that's a shot across the bat for a lot of people. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um... It's, it's funny you say that about like organizational structure because uh, at the, the company I'm at now, and I think uh, like just over, like I think a lot of companies are always like, well, we don't have systems in place um, for this, um, you know, which is an opportunity, right? And it's like, depending on how long the company's been around. Um, but whenever I hear that, and, and you know, I've, I've been at two companies now since, since the Wolves, um, and you hear like, yeah, we don't actually, we're not really good at this. And I'm like, let me tell you a story about the Timberwolves because what you're doing here is 400 times better than they did anything. And right. it was my first job, so I didn't really know what things were. But Same. then you, when you, when you go to another place, you're like, oh wait, like this is how a company runs. Um, so I think two things on that, Julian. I think one is you you hire a bunch of people right out of college that are so desperate to work for a sports team. It doesn't matter because it doesn't matter what you pay them and it doesn't matter what systems you have in place because they don't know anything different. And then I think basically, like, look at the leadership right now for the Timberwolves. You have Ethan Casson, who started with the Wolves 20 years ago or whatever, and he went to the 49ers for a little bit and he came back. The only thing he knows is sports. You have Ryan Tankey, who, same thing, started as a ticket guy, worked his way up, went to the Chargers um, or was sent to the Chargers, depending on who you ask then came back and he's there. So you you just have these people that they've, they've experienced nothing else in their entire lives than working for a sports team. And they don't know how another business is run. And I couldn't agree with you more, like getting Mark Lorian to be like, Hey guys, like I've created like, yes, the, the NBA is a serious business, but if you think the Timberwolves money is real money, wait till I show you what I've created. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, right. Like if you're Wolves leadership and you, and you are reading these quotes or you're hearing these quotes at media day, you're probably like, you get a little shiver down your back. Is that right? Oh yeah. hundred yeah. percent. I mean, I mean, just like, it's just, we read this and we, we've talked about this for decades, I guess, or I haven't, cause I was not podcasting when I was 15 or whatever, yeah, but back in our podcast, back in, uh, <laughs> Right. But, but I mean, like, this is what Glenn does. And it's shocking to me that Glenn's businesses have been this successful, right? Because like, he, he cannot be applying the same organizational standards he applies to the Timberwolves to the rest of his businesses, because Glenn Taylor doesn't treat the Timberwolves like a business, he treats them like a pet project. Yeah. And it's like, it, it, you know, that Glenn knows better, but with the Timberwolves, he just, he does it because it's fun. Like for him, he gets a kick out of it. Like this yeah. is not a serious investment for him. And I know he, that that he won't say that. And like, maybe he doesn't even believe that. But I, th I think it's because he doesn't believe it. I think like he's thinking to himself that 
uh, yeah, I, what do you mean? I take it serious. It's a basketball team. Like, what do you want me to do? You know, you know, but I, I agree with you. I don't think he does take it as serious as he probably should. Well, certainly not when it comes to the business side. Yeah. I mean, and just like the day-to-day operations of the business side and the owner should not have to be in charge of the day-to-day operations of the business side of the team. Um, but the Wolves, I mean, they're not profitable. Like you can look this up. I mean, there's there's yeah. revenue numbers out there. They're basically subsidized by the NBA. They're like they haven't really turned a profit. They turned a profit, I think, maybe the Jimmy Butler season. Um, the, the ticket sales are horrible. Like the I don't know, man. There's there's a lot to go into, but I just there's a lot that's not running right about the Wolves. And I think that getting like getting rid of Gerson and getting some stability at the top is a great step. And then it's like figuring out how to run the business is going to be really important. Yeah, I agree. I think that is very important. I think basketball, the basketball side is like one a, right. Um, but the business side is one B where, uh, you know, I, and I, and I do think that I don't, I don't know how much I want to get into this, but like at some point, the hires that you make on the business side, and like, I know that everybody was part, like the Gerson hiring, you can think of, about it, what, it, you know, however you want. But when, when you're also hearing stories of dysfunction and that same culture that Gerson kind of brought on the basketball side is being conveyed on the business side. Yeah. I, I think you look into that too, because people are leaving on that end too. Um, I mean, the basketball side sets the tone for the, for the business side. Yep. Because the amount that the the way that the basketball side relates to the business side determines what the business side can do. Like, it is true that it's very hard to have a good business strategy for a bad basketball team because if the main way you're making money is by selling tickets and selling jerseys and your team sucks, it's going to be an uphill battle. But there's just but there's cultural things too, and just like I don't I don't even I don't even I don't really feel like there's anything else to say other than what we've said, but. There's a lot there. I there is a lot. There is a lot. There is a lot. Um, and I think in the next year or two, we'll probably see some changes that um, are kind of foreshadowed in this quote. So, uh, all right. Uh, next, um, I don't know what I'm going to call this one, but it, it's basically it's you, you sympathize with Cat. Oh yeah. Um, and he, we we we've talked about Cat and how sometimes he can be cheesy and, um, you know, whether his like leadership style is like manufactured, you know, by himself and whether it comes natural, whatever. I don't, I don't really care about any of that. Uh, he, I don't know if there's anybody that's had like a tougher five years of his career thus far no. than, than Carl, where you have constant move, where you have uh, the, the, the guy that drafted him flip dies right away. Right. And then you bring in Sam Mitchell and then you bring in Tibbs and then you bring in Ryan Saunders and then it's Chris Finch. Um, and then as far as like basketball people, you have like the, you know, flip. And then there was really nobody at the top. I think maybe like Milt Newton and then it went to Tibbs and Layden and then it went to Gerson and now it's Gupta. Uh, and this guy's been in like, he got drafted in 2015 and obviously he lost his mom during that. And he's uh, like, just like a lot of adversity and in, in, in family members. And um, what, well, you know, we don't have to get into the COVID thing, but it's also just like, give all these guys in the NBA talking about, you know, what the vaccine and, and it's like, how are you having, like, how are you going to look Carl Anthony and Anthony Towns in the eyes and like say these things that you're saying, but whatever. Um, Kat was very, very vocal at media day, basically saying like, Hey, uh, I think one of his quotes was, I have all my chips in the table. And, and he was asked about 
you know, whether or not he wanted to sign a contract extension in Minnesota, uh, basically letting it known like, Hey, I've done everything I can. And if you guys don't get your shit together, like, yeah, nobody's going to blame me for wanting to leave this shit show. Uh, his I mean, quote, yeah. 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 Some Go of ahead. his quote from, 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 uh, uh, media day, what happened last week, just added to the list. I've been through everything, the death of a head coach, numerous front offices, blessed with great teammates, but I haven't built relationships because of change. I've been defamed by teammates, <laughs> scapegoated, all true. I've been, a, and I've been, a, I've, I've always been a professional. I've been a punching bag, but I do this for the organization and I'm going to continue to be me. So um, I guess your thoughts overall of, of kind of what, what Carl said at media day. Uh, well, he's absolutely right. Um I can't imagine anybody having success under those circumstances in any arena. Um, I like hesitate to say this because it is the freaking Timberwolves. This front office slash coach combination feels like it has a chance to be the most stable one of his career. I think his relationship with, I mean, something we haven't talked about at all is it seems like everybody loves Finch. Yeah. And it seems like Kat and Finch have a really good relationship and Finch has been a really good kind of stabilizing force through all of this. Um, it's also just like Kat has done, has been very loyal to the organization. He, he does have a lot of time left on his contract. Um, the, the, the Wolves have to see what Kat can do if he stays healthy. And I, so I don't want to like put this on cat because like he has been through a lot. There have been insane external circumstances affecting him, but the wolves really don't know what they can be yet. Um, and I guess that's the argument for kind of not making a big move this off season. Yeah. But I mean, really though, like it's been two years since cat was an effective kind of all-star star caliber player. And I know he still is that, um, but I think with Finch and with Gupta, like I'm maybe more optimistic about this year than I was a week ago. And I know we've talked about this before, but like there's something about Finch that really gives me a lot of confidence. And so I really hope that Laura and Rodriguez give Finch and Gupta a chance to right the ship because there's been so much change. And I think that going forward, they really have to weigh the cost of change, period. Uh, in terms of the relationship with Kat and the relationship with a lot of the other players as a really heavy weight in favor of keeping the people who are already there. Because um, there's been zero stability. And if they bring in another regime next year, of course Kat's going to want out. It's just like, yeah. even if they think that's the last one, everybody thinks it's the last one. Yeah. You, know, you have to give these people a chance. And if you're Lauren Rodriguez, like, sorry, these aren't like your guys or whatever, but like, you're going to alienate your best player if you do this again, because he's in his prime now. Like we've talked about this. This is not the time to be screwing around. <laughs> yeah. And it's true. Like, I think a lot of times like NBA players, we treat them a little differently and obviously like they're getting paid millions of dollars and blah, blah, blah. And like, but we're always like, Oh, they're under contract. And, and I always just think if I was at a company that was as dysfunctional as a Timberwolves and you have to go in there every day and like, it's not fun. And, shit's happening all the time it'd be like yeah i wouldn't want to play there either like that sounds horrible and unlike like he can ask for a trade right or like not sign his contract and lose out on millions 
We just go on like ZipRecruiter and find a new job. <laughs> so it's a little different. Uh, Carl, by the way, is under contract. He's 25 years old. He's under contract for three more years. So you, you, like the, you know, we're not like calling, like we're not, we're not pulling the fire alarm right now. And Carl didn't pull the fire alarm. Like, no. He didn't request to be traded. He's no. just saying that he's been through and, a lot. But and... I will say that, you know, that there was a question at media day when and he has three years left on his contract. There's a question about him signing a contract extension in 20, 2024. So these questions aren't going to stop. Jesus. But you, you know you what I mean? Like let cat play basketball, like for the first time in two years like consistently and see what happens. Like that is literally what I think the best approach here is just like stop messing with stuff yeah. and see what Cat can do. Cause he says he's ready to go. And if Cat comes back and he's freaking awesome, this team could be really good. You know, like I'm not super optimistic about the walls. We've been through this, blah, blah, blah. If Cat like really is amazing, then that changes. But I, again, I like part of my optimist, like, my, my optimism here for the wolves actually and we, you know we talk about how yeah like over the last four days i'm more optimistic but part of that does have to do with who's making the decisions oh yeah and before i would have been i don't know i just feel like my tone for this team is just going to change completely i'm like even like you could talk me into d'angelo russell right now because i'm just so i i feel so <laughs> good and obviously i wish that like the gerson thing went to happen with the affair right but right. i think that you're getting rid of a leader that a lot of people knew was toxic. And I think that is so incredibly good for the culture and you're getting new ownerships and seeing them at media day. It just gives you a different feel for an organization that's been trapped for so long. And yeah. maybe I've felt this before. I, I for sure have, I guess, but the, it just seems like there's like a little glimmer of light where you're just like, you know what? Like, okay, we're, we're in a much better place than we were before. And Gupta is a good guy. Yeah, and... That's huge. Like if Gupta trades for Simmons, then you're like, oh, this might actually be the right move. Not just like Gerson trying to keep his job. Keep his you know, job. Like... Exactly. <laughs> we're, 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 when Sajan's making his decisions, it's not about him protecting his image. He's just trying to make the best move for the team. Right. Um, all right. Speaking of optimism, uh, so Jake McDaniels is still growing. Uh, Jaden. That's what I said, right? I think said Jake. Oh no, Jaden. Jake McDaniels <laughs> is still growing. Um, and, and it's Jake Lehman and Jake McDaniels combined. Yeah. Um, but Jake Lehman said he's he's gonna be a new Jake Lehman this year. He's so, referred to himself a lot as Jake Lehman. That's good. Uh, but anyways, Jake McDaniels, uh, he has grown to six nine and a half or six ten, so he's grown a couple of inches. Uh, he's very long already. Uh, and then uh, this is from Dane Moore. He says that McDaniels has been watching a lot of film of Brandon Ingram. Uh, who's pretty similar in body type, Jonathan Isaac and Pascal Siakam trying to add his, to his game. So that's pretty Great promising. Comps. Great yeah. people to watch. And I feel like, yeah, given his almost, body type makes sense. Yeah. It's like almost better than him being like, I'm watching a lot of KD tape, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, because who isn't <laughs> right. Exactly. So like I watched the Olympics too. I'm watching a lot of tape <laughs> yeah. of him as well. I'm watching a lot of LeBron uh, yeah. me, to improve my pickup game. Um, no, I think it's great. I mean, I, screw it. Let's buy into the Jaden McDaniels hype. I mean, I'm all in. If he's actually gonna push like most approved player type stuff, like then this. I mean, we talk about Cap being good. If Jaden McDaniels is actually really good, that totally changes the friend, like the direction of the franchise. Is there a player besides Anthony Edwards that you're more excited to see where, where his like potential is this year? Besides 
Because, I mean, like, with Carl, we kind of know what he is. With, I mean... I mean, I'm excited for Carl because I think Carl's become underrated. Like, I think people forget how freaking good Carl is. Um, and I just want him to have a healthy, like, distraction-free season because I think that he is quickly becoming almost one of the most underrated players in the NBA. Um, but no, other than Edwards, McDaniels is the guy. You know, like, it's tough because... I think I still have this feeling that the hype around him is just a little bit overblown, just given how little we've actually seen of him. But at the same time, like, yeah, screw it. If he's an all NBA guy next year, then the Wolves are a lot better. Even if you get just like a starter, right? Totally. Like a yep. Starting yep. caliber player yep. and you got him in the, the middle of the first round. Yeah. Um, all right. Sweet. Uh, Julian. Well, we have a lot of other stuff to talk about later on this week. Um, some, probably some more training camp storylines that mm-hmm. we've been kind of keeping an eye on uh, some NBA news. So we'll talk about Michael Porter jr's latest extension um, along with some other stuff. And then we'll, we'll uh, kind of parlay that into the three-star sports card card corner for you card nerds out there. So um, thank you for listening. Uh, we're back to our regular schedule scheduled program. Um, Julian, thanks for taking over late last week. Um, you got it. But yeah, we will talk to you guys in a few days. Um, Julian, as always, thank you. You're the best.